on this episode of the Naturist Living Show, Noodles the Movie. This episode of the Naturist Living Show is brought to you by Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park. At Bear Oaks, we offer traditional naturist values in a modern setting. Free your body, free your mind. www.bearoaks.ca Welcome, dear listener, to episode 145 of the Nature's Living Show. My name is Stéphane Deschaines. I'm your host for this podcast and the owner of Bear Oaks Family Nature's Park. And uh, today we are going to talk about a movie that's been all over the news and another Nature's movie. But first, we need to hear from Sam. Hi, everyone. Thanks again so much to all of our very dedicated Patreon supporters, Your support monthly is so very much appreciated. This episode is brought to you by the very generous donations of Mark M., Sam K., Michael C., John Stephen H., and Michael C. Thank you again to those Patreon supporters and all of our continued monthly supporters. Your generosity is so much appreciated. From early in the 20th century in this movement, people were trying to make movies because the visual as is an important way to promote uh, what we do because it really is one of those situations where the picture is worth a thousand words, and we've talked about this before, that we can talk and we can write all we want, but people can't seem to believe it until they see it. Of course, sometimes they see it and it's for the wrong reasons, and that's where a lot of the exploitive movies were done uh, in the mid-20th century. But it's still an important part. There's some very important movies that have been done out there. And uh, we've certainly talked about it before. Uh, Mark Story's written a book about it, and there's an episode where we interview him about that, and we talk about the importance of the movie. But it's a lot of work, and it's really hard to get a, a professional movie done uh, in North America. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, there really hasn't been any Hollywood-level movie done. Uh, but a lot of people on small, tight budgets have done some impressive stuff, and we've interviewed them as well. Um, Mark, uh, sorry, cut that last part out. Uh, Tim Chismar, who's done a bunch of interviews for the show, and you, so you've heard of before, is, as I'm sure you know from the, him talking about it, is a movie maker, very active in Hollywood. He's an actor, he's a comedian. Um, and he wrote this script, and he took on this idea of creating a movie called Noodles. And he asked me and a number of people to participate in it, so I'm actually in the movie, but that's not why we're putting out here. We're putting out here to talk about how movies are made, what it takes, um, and uh, why it's important, how do you get there. So I sat down with, uh, well, sat down virtually, of course, because he's all the way out in California, or Vegas, he goes back and forth, I don't know where he was at the moment. And uh, we talked about what it took to get this movie out there. And once it was out there, how you actually got it promoted and how you got people to actually watch it. Because to make the movie is only half the job. Hey, hey, I'm back. Yes, you are. 
Uh, this time, okay, a long time ago, we did an interview. Then you became the interview guy, and now you're the subject again. <laughs> yes, yes. It's me, it's him, it's T-I-M. And the thing that I think is adorable is last time I was on, I believe I was telling you about how I really wanted to make a, a nudist movie. And now I've made a nudist movie, and you were in it. Exactly, and that's what we're talking about today. So the noodles of Nudeland. Do I pronounce that right? Noodles? 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 Yep, yep, noodles, yep. Noodles. The noodles like noodles, okay? Like pasta. <laughs> yeah. So for people who haven't seen it, give me give me a quick overview. What's the movie? Well, it is a So it's a it's a film about two people who are not living their authentic true selves. They're they're in a textile world, but they're nudists, and both get expelled from their countries into the fictional land of Nudeland, where everybody is naked. And there we discover that even without clothes, we've taken a lot of issues from our time in the normal society with us, baggage and issues and shame. And so we're haunted by uh, demons of insecurity and... and um, and we have to overcome that in order to live happily ever after. And there's a lot of wacky characters, and and it's it's really just fun. Cool, uh, yeah, including myself, the wacky character of the, which is the president of Nudeland. You are the prime minister of Nudeland. Oh, prime sir. minister, sir. Yes, of course, prime minister. My apologies. So, <laughs> where where did the story come from? Well, it uh, it came from my noggin. I uh, decided that. Um, so I've worked in entertainment, movies, TV, film, web series, books, comics, blah, 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 uh, stand-up comedy tours, pro wrestling. Should I keep going? I've done a lot of stuff. And, uh, and I've always been a nudist, and I really desperately wanted to create a nudist film project to put it out into the world. And there was multiple reasons for that. Number one, nobody was listening to me say that I wanted to do this project. I didn't get a call from Warner Brothers saying, oh, Tim, come to the lot on Tuesday. So since nobody was responding in a positive way uh, to what I wanted. Now, I had done fully nude stand-up comedy tours that went all through Southern California, and I had interest from Showtime and Playboy and people like that who wanted to get involved in some aspect but never for a film never for a tv show so i really feel like i'm i'm blazing new ground here on things that people don't even think about the way that we do so i had to write it myself and i knew that i wasn't able to pull on the investors that i can for other projects um i don't know if you watched it i sent you a link uh for the screener for hell's coming for you did you watch that? oh no i haven't seen it yet no i did see your link but i haven't looked at it all right. Well, I just wanted you to see it because I wanted you to see what the difference is like with a real budget. So Hell's Coming for You is under a million bucks. And it looks like it's under a million bucks. We have shootouts. We have hot air balloon stunts. We have, you know, celebrity cameos. We have all kinds of stuff that we shot for almost a month in Las Vegas and blah, blah, blah. But the point is, those kinds of money offers don't come to a project like this because it's so niche. And nobody knows if it'll make money because everybody lies. All the people who have done anything nudist related won't give you a straight answer. And, uh, you know, it's been very frustrating because I've reached out to those folks. Uh, and that was another motivating factor for me to make this movie was because a lot of the the few nudist related entertainment ventures that are out there 
are not truly nudist. They're only in name only. But when you watch the damn thing, and I will, you know, happily put a few on blast since they're out there, um, Act Naturally. Act Naturally is the nudist comedy that has no real nudist actors in the movie. Do I need to say it again? It also has lines like, I want to fuck your smell. It's not a nudist film. It is not in any aspect. They're also ashamed of their own genitals. You hardly see it. They're holding books in front of it. And I could go on and on with other ones as well. It just nobody truly embraces being a nudist and a film that backs up the kind of mindset that we have, which is non-sexual, family-friendly, a good time, and they just happen to be naked. So I wanted to step up and put my money where my mouth was, and, and that, that's the other thing. The film has three investors on the financial side. I have one guy, Dylan Dillagaff. I have uh, another guy, uh, I don't remember his name right now. Um, he, <laughs> he put in a little bit of money, and then it was me. You know, and then as far as sweat equity and time, Corky Stanton from CloseFree.com was my MVP, and and that was it. That was the core group that really got behind this this little baby. So, so what kind of budget are we talking about? Like forty grand. Wow. Yep. And uh, normally, how much does it cost to make a movie? Well, like one hundred and twenty thousand. Now there are movies that have been shot really. Low, but you have to. When you say movie, you know you can't put "Thanks Killing," which was shot for five grand for like super garbage nothing uh, networks, compared to you know Pulp Fiction or Schindler's List. You know what I mean? So there's a spectrum. Sure. A Marvel film is five hundred, you know, five hundred million dollars, uh, you know, to make you know Shang Chi or whatever, and and that, so. But by and large, you want to be around 100K to make it look like a film, to actually have the kind of sets and locations and insurance. And these are the kinds of things you have to have involved to really do a, a true movie. And so what I got was primarily one location, a handful of actors, a script I wrote, my team, which was no more than you know a few camera crew, sound guys, a drone pilot, and, uh, and then I did the most posts that I could. I put an animated opening together. You saw I, I paid for mm -hmm. animation. I hired people to do an original song, um, you know, which I wrote. I wrote the lyrics to, and I worked with them to make sure that that was like a little catchy tune. So we got original music. We got an animated opening. We have fun cuts. We have um, a program that we subscribe to called Storyblocks that allows you to use uh, footage that has been shot by somebody else, but is kind of like, public domain-ish and so that was all the animals and the the waterfalls and all that kind of stuff so we were able to insert those things in to hopefully make it look a little bigger than it was throw a little stardust in the eyes and by the way that's a big deal that i just told you we spent about 40k on it because like i told you filmmakers lie everybody lies everybody lies everybody says oh it was a a million dollars. And that's because they're hoping a distributor will look at it and say, oh, a million. Well, we'll give you half of that, kid. And then they're happy because they only spent, you know, 100K on it. So they made 400K. I'm, I have nothing to, uh, you know, I don't care. I, I'll be open and honest about the whole process with you. Because I'm hoping I inspire other people to get off their ass and do this. So you're not lying. You're telling us the actual number. Yeah. Otherwise, you know. know. Otherwise, I would say, but I, I feel like it's also kind of endearing that I say it's it's 40k. There was a movie out called um, 
what the hell was it? Uh, there was a sci-fi movie about time travel, Primer. And uh, and the guy was honest about the budget, and it was something really low that he did out of his own pocket, and he pulled favors from friends and all this. And then after he did that, he said he regretted telling people the budget because in all the reviews and everything, people would say, oh, it's pretty good for such a small budget. Oh, it's pretty good for just a little <laughs> bit of money. And so it kind of came back to bite him in the ass. But I I really I really don't care. I'm pretty I'm pretty happy with with what I did. I, I think you know it. I think we did what I said I wanted to do. It's honest, it's real, it's silly, it's ridiculous, it's true. It has nudists that you would run into on a nude beach, people who are legitimately nudists. Mm -hmm. my, co uh, my co star, and we can get into the cast and all that, but Juliana Acosta, when you go to a nude beach, Bates Beach in, um, in, uh, in, uh, in California, you'll run into her and her boyfriend, Michael, because she's really a nudist. I didn't cast somebody who was like, okay, I'll be naked, but how many scenes and for how long and shooting from what angle? Fuck that. These were real nudists, and they're like, that's my lifestyle. Let's do this. I know. I think it's important to uh, for people who are listening, and this is not a, a trade podcast talking to people from the industry. People have no idea how much it costs to make a movie. They keep hearing millions and millions of dollars, right. um, and then they know that they can make a movie on their phone for nothing. Um, so somewhere in between, like 40000 that's actually an impressive budget um, compared to probably most videos that people are shooting out there to do stuff. So, you know, that, will you make your money back? You said they're investors. Are they making? Are they going to make money? They have. They've all made their money back. And I am in the clear now. Um, I figured oh, good. I figured good for you. logically and like talk about pre and then shooting and then post. But if you want to jump the uh, if you want to jump over it, I'll tell you right now, we've sold it to Troma now. It debuts on September first. So that's a streaming platform that is available on Roku, Google Play, Apple TV, Amazon TV. I still have it in the contract that I can sell it myself off of my website. We have physical media offers from a couple of people, so we're probably gonna put out a Blu-ray a little bit later this year with commentary tracks and all that and i sold it to all channels and all channels is getting it on tubi and a bunch of other places so um but one of the things that i wanted to do because again this is all a mystery nobody ever gives you straight answers i wanted to see if i shot this movie and i offered it myself through the channels of nudist groups clubs organizations and advertising i, I went with film thread i went with october coast um there's so much I could say, but um, I was able to make back over the budget, pay off all the people who came in, involved, all the people who worked on the film. And yes, we are in the clear going into more money from these distribution hookups. So that's why I can say, and we can get to that later, I'm very excited about the future for doing another project. Yeah. Because now, and that's why I sent you that link, I wanted you to see what it looks like with a real budget. I would like to, now that I can say that people can make money doing this kind of thing um i would like to put together a real budget to shoot a nudist film up to the standards and levels of something mainstream so who who's this audience who who are you selling it to is it uh, just nudists who are watching it do you or do you think it appeals to textiles as well yeah, I think that um, it does appeal to, to textiles as well, but in more of a, for now, kind of a, um, kind of a, um, like almost on a dare. Uh, I, I feel like kind of the jackass vibe. I, I feel like people are like, what? It's what? Because that's that's the responses in the, in the comments I get. I either get from real nudists who are like, this is great. This is wonderful. You know, congratulations. Oh, this is great. My club, my group, whatever. We're streaming it. We're watching it. 
or um, I get people who um, are, are textiles and they're like, you did what? And they want to see it out of shock and amazement. So, And that, okay. that ties into the Jubilee Spectrum video that I did that has um, over a million, it's a million 200,000 views on the clothed version and then 400,000 views on the nudist version. That came out before I shot this movie and that was another reason I was so excited to get into it when I saw that kind of response on YouTube of all these people debating and discussing and, you know, and even how I rub people. Some people are like, I wish I had his confidence. I wish I was so, you know, uh, I love myself the way that Tim loves himself. And then other people are like, that guy's obnoxious and overbearing and so it's just fun to watch people just, you know, it's the same thing, but they get, they take something different out of it. So, um, but we, we did that. That was a success. I met Rochelle um, Brown on the set of that, who I ended up casting as one of the noodles in the movie. And I don't know that if you know this or not, but Jubilee asked me back to do their series, Ask Me Anything, where they put somebody, it could be a blind person, a drug addict, whatever. And, and then they have a, a barrier up and they bring in strangers that ask them, questions about that particular person and so I was the nudist and they hit me up and they said we want you to come back in and we're gonna have strangers ask you questions that they would have about nudism and I knew Stefan going in that I didn't want to be answering questions about women in this day and age I, I didn't want fat white naked man talking about breastfeeding and, and you know bleeding so I made sure that even though they wanted to do one person answering all these questions I wanted uh, somebody to be with me and knowing marketing a little bit like I do I uh, reached out to Juliana and so I got her cast and so it was Tim Chismar and Juliana Acosta as the two nudists being asked all these questions about nudism and I'm linking the link to How would you describe it? Comedy, drama, uh, what 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 kind of a film is it? I would say a awareness comedy. I, I think there's no way to get away from the fact that there's definitely a message. You know, it's uh, it has mm -hmm. a specific point of view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, does it take itself seriously, or is it making fun of itself? It's making it's making fun of itself. Um, but art is subjective, and some people can take different. Uh, I think that it. I think that it's silly and ridiculous. I mean, we have a reverse streaker who's running around the nudist resort, right. showing people yep. he's clothed, and you know, uh, you you are Pierre Mustache. That's your name. I mean, that's that's ridiculous. This is an easy, cheap joke. So like the whole the whole movie is like ridiculous and out of the box. But I've had some people. Obviously, the majority of the critics and stuff are going to be from the textile world, and they've said that I was very. Um, like almost to the point of belligerent about my lifestyle, like really beating people over the head about it. And, uh, you know, taking that into account, um, perhaps I could have been softer in certain spots, but I felt like this was my opportunity to get on my soapbox. And because, you know, I'm literally the king of my castle in this movie about nudism. So what better place to really beat them up about? And plus, I believe it's right. So I don't want to necessarily pussyfoot around and, and be too soft. I, look, if I made a movie about interracial dating in 1960, 
I might be up there talking about, and you should be allowed to date black people and white people together, and if you don't say so, then you're stupid. And somebody at the time would be like, he's belligerent, he's really beating us with this. But it's the right frame of mind. It's the right thing. And history will show that it's right, and I feel that way about nudism. I truly believe that we're on a path that hopefully before I die, people can be naked, and it's not going to be such a big freaking deal. Yeah, uh, you're right. Like most movies out there are uh, definitely selling, they're proselytizing about uh, naturism or nudism, and and obviously I'm I'm there, um, and this movie is definitely doing that as well. Do you think it might convince people? Do you think that uh, textiles will watch this and go, yeah, I got to try this? No, it'd be easy for me to say yes, but no. I believe that I'm preaching to the choir. I was asked that on uh, AM640 uh, KFI. It's like the biggest talk radio station in in, uh, in Los Angeles. And they asked me that. And when they hit me, the first thing that popped up in my head is for show and for shtick. I, I should absolutely say, oh, yeah, people are watching and they're just taking their clothes off. But the, the truth is no. The truth is it's still so outlandish of an idea that people don't get it. They don't get what I'm really saying. And so the more I, I push and I try to show that sane, enthusiastic, healthy people of all ages and sizes and colors and that, that people are doing this and that they're living it, it it's really going to it's really going to take them meeting nudists, them knowing nudists. And so that's why the awareness, if anything, I feel like my message is kind of turning more towards come out of the closet, my fellow nudists, and let people know that the mailman and the neighbor and their uncle are nudists so that we're not those people over there, those weirdos, but we're one of you. You know us. We're your doctor, your lawyer, your teacher. Nudists are just people. And so, um, I don't know. So it's it's a step at a time. But I, I don't want to do a movie where where it's somebody who's a fish out of water. I don't want to do a movie where there is somebody who is not a nudist who stumbles upon a nudist community and they have to learn about it for the first time because I just feel like that's really hack. And, and the kind of projects I like doing, I like it to just be that they are nudists. So, for example, the, the next movie, if I do it, it might be at a resort involving – I, I want people to – because I, I want that discussion and debate. People loop nudity in with sex. And when you look at the warnings for a movie that you watch on Netflix or something, it always says, warning, you know, nudity and, nudity and sex. And they, like, put it together. It's not the same thing. You know, if I had naked people playing chess – how stupid are you that you freak out and then you're like, oh, this is perverted. This is disgusting. Why? Because they just castled? Well, what's the problem here? What's the issue? Oh, I know exactly. It's, it's, it is, you know, that'll give you that totally, um, that this is not your typical plot. I mean, the, the accidentally stumbling, waking up, whatever, in a nudist camp is such a trope. It's, you know, it's just ridiculous. Um, it's like every every story starts like that, like oh, inheriting it. Short, it doesn't matter what it is. What grandpa was a nudist? What? Right. Um, anyway, so I'm glad that's certainly refreshing, and I love this story from that standpoint. Absolutely. And and you sure. you you quoted an interview. Um, you have big pun intended had lots of coverage, and uh, been really lots of exposure too. Ha ha. Two puns. There you go. <laughs> so um, tell me, tell me about that. How how come? How did you get all that hard work? 
some hard work, um, and then I also put up my money for it. I hired a PR firm for a month. Mm -hmm. uh, they're called October Coast, and they went around setting up interviews. I was on Sirius XM. I was in newspapers. I was in websites. I was um, all over the place. Part of that was for it to influence Rotten Tomatoes. Unfortunately, a lot of a lot just because you review movies doesn't mean that Rotten Tomatoes acknowledges your review. So that's very frustrating. But if you look up a lot of the movies, um, you know, uh, Naked in the Twenty First Century, Naked in America, Maslin Beach, uh, you know, Act Naturally, all these movies. If you look them up on Rotten Tomatoes, they got nothing. No legit critics even acknowledges that they exist. If you don't believe me, look it up. Uh, my movie has five reviews. Two got it and liked it, and three didn't understand it. So it's currently a splat at 40%, but just barely. And there are some outlets I could go with where um, it'll drive up more critics. And so if I get a couple more that like it, then it'll it'll turn the curve but for now i'm just really excited that i'm seen that real critics have taken the time to acknowledge and talk about it and see it and um that's that's great so so the the pr stuff i i went with uh film threat which is a, a big company that does reviews and promotions and online and interviews and all this kind of stuff and i was on there and, and spoke about this uh and then i did october coast and then i did pr newswire so i put out some newswire blasts as well Mm -hmm. um so yeah i'm, I'm that's, never shy that's pricey yeah yeah i i uh yeah that was that was some money um but i i felt like it was it was worth it i want people to i want people to know about this this movie and so um so yeah there's that in pre-production i uh i got the animated uh the guy who did the opening animation i did the original song and then the uh the most music besides background instrumentals in the film was from two bands that i love that i always wanted to highlight in a feature and that's patchouli and Christy Krueger, and both of them I knew from when I was in college, and uh, they were touring around, and they came through, and I was running a radio station, and I've always said if I was going to do something like that, because they, they have the kind of vibe and music that I wanted in, in the film, and uh, everything was very, thought was given to all of the things, even if I didn't have huge bucks to make it happen. Like, if you notice, the woman who plays... Um, uh, S.K. Marshall, the painter, her paintings that are on display of nudes underwater and all that, she's a real painter. Those are her paintings. She paints uh, nudes underwater and she has, you know, a whole thriving business of it. She just came to Vegas and opened an art studio. And so I wanted these people involved because I want to show various aspects of the nudist culture and community and who exists and... Um, yeah, so everything led up to us uh, shooting at uh, Arroyo del Sol, part of the Clothing Optional Home Network. We were there for under a week, and um, I always knew from the beginning I wanted to get you involved too. And that, that goes with what I was saying. I wanted familiar faces from the nudist community that people can say, Yeah, hey, I know that guy, or hey, I know that woman, and, and I, I wanted... I wanted um, I want to create the nudist cinematic universe where people can get these uh, appreciations of other you know, of other projects and, and uh, media entities that exist within our world. So uh, let's talk about the production. So you have an idea, you write a script, and then what? Well, I had to decide when I was going to do it. For, I had to, I had to um, decide about the money. So uh, mm -hmm. I put up some money, and then I approached two investors, and one was interested in just seeing what it was like to be attached to a film. 
Um, and so he put up some money. And then I did a contract and promised him, uh, you know, X amount return and, and all this. And then uh, there was another guy that I approached for the, the larger sum of money, uh, 10K, 10K. He put up $10,000. And um, he wasn't a nudist. And he, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't get it. But he likes me. And he knows that, you know, we've done some other projects together. Nude, com or not nude, but uh, stand-up comedy tours and stuff like that. But um, he put up some money. And so he did it just based on me. And, uh, you know, and, and an adventure together and see what happens. Mm -hmm. and so once I had the money put together, um, I needed to figure out where I was going to shoot this. And there was some time where I was thinking about shooting it... Um, at uh, Shangri-La Nudist Resort in uh, in Arizona, uh, because the people there are really easy to work with and fun and cool, and they have a, an, a um, reputation with Corky of having shot stuff for CFI there. But um, mostly for the actors, um, LA seemed like uh, a better shot. So I reached out to Rolf Halbach and Cynthia from uh, from the mm -hmm. Royal Del Sol. And uh, once I locked that in and made sure that I wanted to buy out um, a large part of where they, because what they have, they have a nudist bed and breakfast. And so they have a house that you can rent out and it's full on house. Then they have the grounds, the swimming pool, uh, you know, the, the trees and the grass and all this. And then they have an upstairs area as well. And so I bought out um, a bunch of it and then uh, Corky came with his RV and he parked his RV out. Uh, in front of the property so that's where he was staying and uh, a few of the the crew members and um and that, that's what we ended up uh we worked out an arrangement i think they gave me i think they gave me a little discount to shoot there because they knew what i was doing and um and then uh and then we just decided when it was going to be now a, a big part of the process was was casting um mm -hmm. because you know i wrote it uh, with some people in mind who ultimately uh, didn't want to do it. People have their own proclivities, and when you involve nudism, um, you know, a film is around forever. And so, for example, I had people who were willing uh, to perform at my nude stand-up comedy shows where they were entertaining and fun and a, and a great to have around, and I really loved them to death. But And so I was thinking, oh, man, so they're going to love being in a movie. Uh, they do comedy. They're naked. You know, this would be perfect up there and then no 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 I'm getting you know because people don't want to be captured on film and I, I understand some of the aspects you know if they have kids or if they have a divorce and they're fighting for custody of kids or you know or it could affect their job or like these and and plus idiots look at it and they think it's porn they think it's you know sex related and and no matter what we say some people never never listen so um, I had to recalibrate some of the some of the stuff, and then on the other aspect. So I just told you about me approaching people who have been nude in the past, but didn't want, didn't wasn't able to do it for this. I then was also approached by tons of people who wanted to be in the movie naked, but they had been in sex work, and so. Oh. For the nudist population, I would get a lot of backlash and people not wanting to be involved if I had people who had a, a you know, an OnlyFans or um, a porn video out or, or, or something like that. So, so I had to be really careful about who I let be involved in that aspect as well. And it's not so much that I wanted to slut shame, as they call it, but it, it was it was the people that I have to answer to now. 
I wasn't taking any money from any groups like Anner or the Nature Society or you know anything like that. So it's not like I was beholden to certain rules, but I know the industry. And if I'm going to get uh, any press with you know any of these organizations, they're not likely to, to get involved if people have been used in some sex aspect. Which, let me just say this. I told you I just reshot that uh, Jubilee video with Juliana. One of the things that um, you know she shared with me was how disappointing it is that when I did my Jubilee Spectrum video, uh, where there were six nudists and they asked us questions, and then we all we debated and discussed about what, what we agreed with and what we didn't. Out of those six nudists who were representing the nudist community, about a year later, three of them are in porn. Oh. And so she was telling me just how disappointing and sad that is. And I, I feel like it's a uh, – oh, by the way, uh, I'm not one of the ones that are in porn, just so you know. Let me just, let me just <laughs> Good to know. Out. Yeah. Um, day's not over yet. No, I uh, – so the, – but the, the thing is I feel like that becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because like, for example, uh, an attractive woman loves being naked and then everybody keeps asking for sex stuff. And eventually she says, well, if I can make money at it and everybody wants it anyway, you know. So I, I that's sad. It's sad that the culture kind of – I don't know. Is it fair that I even say it's sad? I know everyone wants to be like, ah, do whatever you want. I, what do you think, Stefan, about – have you seen that? Have you noticed that? I, I have seen – yeah, it's, it's uh, I've seen that a lot of the uh, people who are active as nudists online. And there's always pressure – more and more pressure to go in that direction, and um, and sure, yeah, there's money. I I can't blame anybody who's getting the money, uh, the, but it what I've seen is it also hurts their soul eventually, because it takes away from that feeling of uh, the the purity of naturism and the acceptance. That the other way is the opposite way, because it doesn't end with oh, I'm just going to like do some sl- light porn, then there's always a bigger demand. I want you to do this or do that. or And it gets more and more perverse as you go. Right. And so where do you cut? I mean, it's a line, right? Yeah. Where do you draw the line? You, know, that you don't do any is one line or you do some, but how far do you go? Um, at, at the end of the day, it's a line and you have to decide what you're comfortable with and what you're not. And I, I'm, not, I'm not going to criticize anybody for doing it, but I can tell you that I know a lot of people that go in that direction. It, it hurts their soul. I, I agree. I have a friend of mine who lives in Las Vegas, and she's been nominated in the Porn Awards, the AVNs, uh, twice. And she has two daughters, and she's uh, trying to distance herself from it because, uh, because of that. She, she can't. You know, she can't have an, a regular normal life because people find out and guys think she's easy and everybody's trying to have sex with her and all this. Anyway, it's I, I've seen the same. I've seen that it does eat your soul no matter how much you want to try to act like it's liberating and uh, whatever. And no, it, it, you know, it unfortunately. Yeah, the, the problem is not what they're doing. It's the people they're doing it for and interacting with. And yeah, yeah. The, 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 the naturists, if they're really naturists or nudists, uh, are pretty pure. I'm be biased, the, the two of us are. Sure. But I think we're pretty pure in how we interact with people. And once you get into porn, then it becomes more about objectification and, and possession and control. And there's abuse sometimes that comes with it. And, right. You know, if somebody's willing to offer you a lot of money, do you do that too? Now, everything's about intent. 
if I'm naked with you like this, uh, it's not sexual, it's not porn or whatever. Um, but if uh, somebody is paying to, you know, get off on just looking at me naked, then is it porn now? And what if I have to start doing things myself? Then I guess it becomes more porn. But it's I can just be naked and be porn, or I can be naked and just talk to you. Um, the What you need is you need the intent of the creator, that's me or you, but also the perception of the consumer of it. Um, you know, if I lift my foot up to the camera, if you have a foot fetish, I'm giving you porn. Yeah. If I, if you do, if you don't, you're just gonna go. What the hell are you doing? Right. Well, the other the other weird thing is how society because a, a lot of people are so sheltered, how they react to anything that they perceive to be outside of the norm in relation to nudity. Here's an example: my friend Mindy Robinson, who I've done movies with. I was just in a movie with her and Randy Couture and Dean Cain and all these. It's a, a demon scary movie, and it's out. Uh, just came out. Anyway. She started to get into politics. Well, here's the thing. In her acting, she's never done porn. Never done porn. But in her acting, she's been nude on film. Topless mostly, down to a G-string, whatever. And so uh, some of her political opponents took the clips of her being in mainstream non-porn films and put those clips on Pornhub. So now all of her detractors say... Oh, we, you can't vote for her. She's a porn star. If you don't believe me, look at Pornhub. And it's, it's not, she's never done porn. Those are clips from mainstream films. And it's just insane to have to argue and fight. I'm a huge fan of logic and facts. And, and sometimes this stuff just makes my brain bleed. You know, the kind of stuff that happens out there. Oh, I know. I mean, if you go to, uh, I think it's called, what is it, Mr. Skin? Uh, it's a website. And if you've had two seconds of your nipple showing right. it's on there like somebody's gonna cut that out and put up there as a still or if there's an, any kind of action as a short clip right and uh i can see how that would be like oh ew but <laughs> then you have to remember that's not you they're the ones who are abusing you right they're the the, the bad guys you haven't done anything wrong and you have to keep perspective otherwise you'll you're gonna hide in a cave and never come out but this, the, to bring it back to the noodles of Noodland, this is why people were apprehensive about being in my movie. They were worried about being on things like Mr. Skin. So I had to deal with what I had to deal with, and I had to uh, move things around. And we ended up with uh, a, a pretty, we had some amazing surprises. Because um, first, I needed my core six of people who were in the film. And uh, would is this a good, do you want me to start like breaking down the cast and talking about that? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that, yeah. So my my core six. Oh, and I was talking about this with you before we started. There is an amazing article about the movie that is in the current issue of the uh, N, the uh, magazine of Naturist Living from the Naturist Living Society, and it is an amazing spread, really well written by Mark Story. Uh, which did you know? Mark Story was one of the inventors of World Naked Gardening Day. I did actually. Yes, I know. He's, he's, I he's behind I, a lot of stuff. 
And I'm finding that out. He also wrote some great books on nudist film, and so I'm really I got on him about I need to be in the next one now. I make the cut, <laughs> um, but this is great. He did like a multi-page breakdown, but uh, in and it's just fantastic. It's, it warms my heart. As a as a young nudist, when I was growing up in Pennsylvania, going to Edinburgh University, uh, posing for art classes and stuff, I read in the end magazine that's where i got my dose of what nudism was like out there in the world and i just like i looked up to these people and i it was just so so to be in there for me is like such a dream come true like i've come full circle that i'm one of the people that i hope maybe in some crazy way are influencing another generation of nudists coming up and it's just if i focus on it I'll, you'll get a tear out of my cold dead eye um so anyway the uh, the six actors that we wanted that I ended up with as the core for the film uh, was Juliana Acosta, which I always say she is the star of the movie. I am the co-star. I am next to her, but it's all about it's all about her. And so for her to she's she's an actress. She's a nudist. She gets it. She loves it. And and she really comes across on screen. I feel like her emotions and whatnot, and uh, and our sex scene, which is clothed purposely, uh, <laughs> you know, because we're having so much fun with with the movie. She's told me that was the first time she's ever had a sex scene on camera. So. At a certain point near the end, when things, uh, you know, spoiler alert, uh, when we start to consummate our, our love, we are wearing clothes when we're rolling around in a bed laughing and intercutting of birds and bees and stuff. It's just a freaking hoop, but she's amazing. Um, so she's a professional as an actress yes she's also a director she works at a theater and she's done lots of other films and yes she is a working actress um she loves putting together projects and uh after this this one she said she was inspired to make something of her own i was actually just talking to another actress before i hopped on this with you um adrian pearson who plays uh lucy fur my girlfriend that breaks up with me and then shows up as uh changed at the end of the movie and now she loves all this stuff she's great i've done some projects with her in the past i love her to death and she's inspired uh to want to do something of her own as well so yeah because you know when you said you wanted real nudists uh, if you if you layer on top of that, you also want them to be professional actors. That gets to be a very small pool, right? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So it was it was it wasn't easy. It was not easy. And so I tried to give the majority of the dialogue and the improv to people who were professional actors, comedians, improv artists, um, stunt people. Which I'll get to that in a in a second here. Um, Rochelle Brown. African-American nudist who runs nude events. She calls it nude, and they're kind of like Garden of Eden. Like, you show up, and there's hippie music, and people lounging and uh, hanging out and playing games and whatever, and she does these uh, events for artists to mingle, and, and it's all um, body painting and fully nude and all this and that, and she was just... She was a hoot, so it was great to meet her and be able to get her involved in it. Because originally I was talking to Ashante, who was in the Jubilee video, but she was from Belize. And so, uh, and she also, I I'm sorry, I'm, get, I, um, I'm forgetting because some opinions have changed over time. When I first approached her to be in my movie, she <laughs> said no. Now, she had flew herself from Belize to the United States to do that Jubilee video that I was in with her. And then afterwards, I took her to a nude beach, and we hung out, and it was always a good time. And so when I went back to her about being in my movie, and she said, no, it broke my widow heart. I was like, well, what the F? You know, like, you came to the States for this, you know, Jubilee video. Why don't you want to be a star of a movie? And, um, and she was getting paid. Like, everyone, you know, got paid. But... Uh, 
she uh, she didn't have the confidence that what I was going to do... Like, she had seen former Jubilee videos, and she knew what they did, but she hadn't seen what I was going to do. So anyway, so that, that being done, then I was like, all right, well, I, I really want to show that nudists come in all colors and shapes and sizes, so I, I wanted it not just to be fat white guys. Um, anyway, so uh, so I reached out to Rochelle, and I got her in. Anyway, once the movie came out and Ashante saw it, now she wants to be in my next movie. But... She's one of the ones who has turned to sexual content. So I don't know if I can do that. I haven't told her that yet, but um, that's an issue I have. Um, she has an OnlyFans. She's like masturbating on the camera, stuff like that. It's just, anyway, it's just, I don't know. Um, Ju uh, Jeremiah Benjamin. Jeremiah, the guy with the, the beard who plays Mondo Man, uh, he is not only a nudist actor, comedian, um, but I used him in Hell's Coming for You. He was in that movie as well. Same with Joe Filippone, who was another nudist in this movie. A anyway, um, Jeremiah was great, silly, ridiculous, great for improv, knows his lines, just a real, and a, an earthy nudist. He's like a Burning Man nudist. Like, for example, on set, he had a hammock that he hung up on two trees, and that's where he slept every night. And he loves to bicycle everywhere he goes. He tries not to use cars. What a, what a what a interesting fella. Um, Julie Ante. Julie Ante was part of the um, Naked Plays in the in Hollywood, the um, precursor to Disrobed. So she was in like some of that stuff, that build up to the Disrobed. And uh, I've always been a fan of hers. And so I approached her and um, we haggled over money a little bit. And uh, we managed to uh, to land the plane and get her in the movie. And I was very happy and excited that we were. Because she's a sporty, athletic, uh, tough girl, true working actress, and always up for uh, nudism, if it makes sense. So... Uh, Al Burke, who played the cop, Officer D-Man, he is a former professional wrestler and a an actor who does most of his work is from playing a cop. So he has his own cop motorcycle. He has different cop outfits for all different states. He has, you know, fake guns and flashlight and badges and all this kind of stuff. And he's been in really popular projects, movies, TV shows, music videos. He was in something with uh, Billy Idol and... Um, he was in like Party Rockin', I think it was called. So so he's he's fantastic. That was the six core plus myself. And then from there, I branched off into involving my uh, friends and, uh, and personalities in the nudist community. But part of the joy joy that I ended up having when I was on set was that people would be filming with us, Stefan, and then they would say, oh, you know, by the way, uh, my friend Jasmine and Izzy, um, they're, they, they're nudists, and, and they would love to be in your movie. Can they come and be in your movie? And, of course, I'm like, yes, 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 and yes. And so I would involve all these extra bit parts here and there, and I would try to make it a fun atmosphere on set where I would offer all the food and get in the pool in between shooting and, you know, having fun, and I would, you know, treat them well. And that ended up blossoming into, I would say, maybe 20 extra bodies in our film from people who were just happy with nudism, uh, getting the vibe that it was a positive thing happening and that they weren't being exploited. Everybody who was involved had to sign a waiver. I don't want somebody to change their mind two years from now. Somebody gets married and their new boyfriend says, you did what? I'm going to go after that guy. Hey, Fuck you, fella. Here it is in writing. So um, it was amazing. It was great. And even at the bed and breakfast, there was a couple who um, 
happened to be coming through town from, I think, like San Francisco or something, and they wanted to stay at the nudist bed and breakfast. Well, I'm shooting a movie! So I talked to Rolf, and I'm like, Rolf, buddy, I know you want to have this extra person come in and pay to stay there, but, you know, I paid to shoot a movie here. So if they're coming, they have to be in the movie. And I told him that. And he told them that. And they said, we'll be in his movie. And so the girl of the couple, she's in uh, the scene where I where they throw the cups of water in my face. Nice. And she's, her and him are in the swimming pool at one point when we go over and we talk to him a little bit. And it's just, I wanted to try to get as many bodies and people as we could. Jasmine, who does the pottery stuff, She's a local nudist potter who lives in California. It just there were all these wonderful little blessings like that that I was able to incorporate into the film, and I, I couldn't have I couldn't have planned for it. It just kind of came together. So from uh, you also needed, of course, a crew. Like you needed somebody, camera operators, sound people. Are they nudists too? Were they nude? Uh, yes, they were. Um, not because I mandated it, but because I went through clothes free. And Corky does a lot of filming and production for his movies. And so we used some of his people. Uh, we had a drone operator. We had a, an, an assistant cameraman. Um, and then some of my people who had been coming to work out as extras work in the industry it's hollywood so somebody who shows up and they're like oh yeah i mean i've been in a couple of movies i've been on a couple of tv shows sure i've held boom operatings on sets and so while they were there i'm like all right well you want credit for doing it in my movie and so i ended up with probably four extra people who were now uh, assisting with the crew to put all that stuff together so um but in this smiley happy land of rainbows and butterflies um you know can i tell you two problems i had on set sure all right because i don't want to do that i don't want to be like making movies is fun nothing bad ever happens i, I don't i don't want that to be the uh, the podcast where people are like oh, yeah, no, 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 no. Wait, it's it's hard work right like how yeah. long did it take from start to finish how long was it uh, almost a year like eight months yeah and it was a lot. It was a lot of work. It was a lot of work. I always uh, equate making a movie to a party. And so pre-production is the cups and the plates and the streamers and the balloons and like you're setting up all this stuff. And that takes, you know, a long time. And then you're inviting all the people and you get the invitations and all this. Mm -hmm. That takes a long time. The actual party, very fast. That's, you know, a few hours, it's done. Then you got cleanup. Now you're finding somebody put a cupcake behind the couch. And so, like, that's the cleanup aspect of it. Well, that's what making a movie is. Pre-production takes a long time. The actual production is bam, 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 bam. And then when it's all done, you're the ones adding color correction and ADR and all this kind of visual effects. And then, you know, uh, the proper format for this distributor. And blah, 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 blah. But anyway, uh, two things Two things I want to say that um, were, were craps on set. I had an actor who no-showed. I had an actor who I hired to be in the movie who, I don't, you shoot a movie out of sequence. I don't know if you if you knew that or not, but sure. you, you don't shoot it like what you see in the beginning and, and then the end. You shoot it uh, in the order of what set you're at. Okay, every scene that takes place in the kitchen we're shooting today. So that could that's scattered right. throughout the movie. Well, but my point is I hired somebody I'm not going to give shade on who it is because I'm never going to cast them again. But uh, this person is in the movie and they did um, like two days of filming and then didn't show up on the third day. 
Well, what am I going to do? Go back and reshoot all that other stuff with somebody else? So I had to get on the phone and beg and plead like kindly to whatever their issue was, whatever their problem was. And uh, and I was able to convince them to come out even for a few hours. And then if you, you know, and you can go lay down on the bed to feel better. And, you know, all this kind of, you know, they were just dumping some bs angst on me and uh and so i i i you know okay whatever we need whatever meanwhile in my head i'm like ah, you know so i i convinced them to come out and then once they were on set again they were fine and they blended right in they had a great time but for some damn reason actor crazy brain uh got in there and they 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 no showed and so i was like what the heck am i gonna do um so that was an issue i had to deal with um another thing was uh, one of the members of our crew had something that happened uh, in their family, and there's nothing they could do about it to help the situation, but something happened to their family, and they decided that they needed to leave my set, that they needed to go home and be around their family because this thing had happened. So, um, you know, for the sake of not giving details, let's say their house caught on fire, okay? So last night their house caught on fire and it burned down and now their dad and their mom are saying you need to come home because the house burned down. And my argument is the house burned down. You can't save that. Why don't you stick around for a few more days that I contractually obligated you to do and to pay you. Stay here, do your job, then go home. And their argument was, nope, I got to leave, got to go now. And they didn't just want to leave by themselves. They wanted the other crew to leave with them. And so they were trying to like mutiny, sandbag uh, my movie. And so uh, thankfully, um, Corky Stanton did not go with this crew member. And he said, no, I agreed to do this with Tim. And I want to see what happens. And, you know, I'm excited about making this movie. And so see a fella um you know he or she whoever they may be uh and and so that person left the set and then we had to kind of fill in on that aspect of what they were supposed to do technically but um i certainly couldn't have planned for that so so those were the probably the two biggest pains in the ass aside from um money squabbles you know what i mean some people who feel like they you know want more money for this and that and, and whatever um i will say this when the money came in um, from the movie, the people who didn't beat me up about money when we were shooting got paid handsomely more than they uh, than they would have if they were just uh, getting paid on on set. So, like for example, like a, a good pay for an actor on a standard, like even SAG film, is like 120 bucks. That's what they get per day plus uh, per diem, hotel, meal, like 120 bucks. So I was paying in that in that range. The people who beat me up about it, and they were like, oh, I'm doing nudity, I, I should get $300 a day, $300, a, and so I would eventually be like, all right, I'd kind of weigh the pros and the cons, and like, I like them, and I want them in the movie, and I, I want quality, whatever, so I would pay, and again, I don't remember the exact details, but roughly, let's say I was like, okay, you get $300 a day for, you know, five days for shooting the movie, that's what you get, great. And then somebody else says, you know, Tim, you know, just hit me down the road. You know, I, I you know, whatever we can do, um, I'll do 120 a day for all the days. And then, you know, if it makes money, hit me up later. Those people got a little surprise two, three thousand dollar PayPal from me when things started turning around. Nice. Nice. Because I appreciate people who aren't dickheads. <laughs> Next time you should include maybe some children and some animals in your filming to simplify things. Kids, kids and 
animals in in any film like we used to do when i used to do commercials if we had kids or animals that was always a problem <laughs> oh. yeah well you don't, and the, you kids, don't. the kid i'm sorry the, the kids thing is interesting because i don't know if you've been following uh naked gardens that new nudist movie that just showed up at tribeca but they have they have uh naked kids in that movie because it's filmed at a nudist resort in florida I've heard of it, yeah. And it's a documentary format. And so all these critics and reviewers are talking about, you know, the issues that, that arise, arises. I think what I, because I, I don't want to shy away from kids in movies, but at the same time, I get it that we're not in the era of um, uh, Pretty Baby, you know, with, uh, uh, with um, what the hell's her name? Uh, Brooke Shields. Yeah. So Brooke, Brooke Shields Shield, yeah. was nude when she was 15 in Pretty Baby. And um, El Topo has a naked eight-year-old boy who's in like probably a quarter yeah, but of that, the film. That, that was exploitive. That was sexual. That was that's completely different than being in a nudist place. I, I agree. I agree. I'm just I'm just stating the fact of um, somebody said, "Here is my underage kid who's going to be in this movie," and then it came out and it's streaming. You can watch it on Amazon. And but mm-hmm. however, nowadays, if I if I threw you know uh, a naked kid in my movie that we were playing ball with or something, people would have freaked out. So the what I think I'm going to do moving forward because I don't want to act like kids don't exist. I think I'm just going to shoot them in ways that it's like from from behind, like, uh, and I don't even mean their their butts. I mean like their backs and their head and their neck and that kind of, or they mm-hmm. they have a towel or because I I want to I don't want to hide for this movie. I had no kids in the movie uh, because I didn't I you know it's the first one. I didn't want to enter into that argument, d- debate, and discussion. Um, but in the future, I don't want to act like kids don't exist in the world. I want there to be kids around, but I just don't want it to be shot in a way that. Make somebody who my film is a, a, an entry point into nudism. I don't want them to feel creepy or, you know, dirty in some aspect. So I, I think that's kind of that's kind of what I want to do. So you said uh, you talked about naked guards in the Tribeca Festival. Yeah. Are you entering any festivals? Are you going for any awards? Um, there are two festivals that I that I may enter. One is connected with Film Threat um, because they do awards for indie films that aren't recognized by Maine Hollywood. And since I went with them for a lot of the promotion and aspects, I'm eligible for it. So I'm going to do that for Hell's Coming for You, and I'm going to do it for for this one. But Hell's Coming for You is submitted for Sitges in Spain. Like that's the one that's giant like that's the one that could get me a24 or ifc midnight or a shutter exclusive and that's you know i shouldn't talk about them in the same the same breath but for noodles it's the film threat uh festival and then also um we were looking at um uh, american film market so i might do something with that and then the other one was um oh now that it's sold to trauma lloyd kaufman and trauma films trauma now the streaming service uh he does a trauma dance which is a takeoff of um what's the other one uh the other f- film festival something dance um i don't know Sundance, Sundance, come on, Sundance. Oh, Sundance, oh, Sundance. Yeah. sure, sure, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so he created Troma Dance because Sundance was so hard to get in. The gatekeepers were so high. It's like they call them indie, but they're indie with a $20 million budget with Clint Eastwood, you know? So he created Troma Dance for, for people like me who did a passion project that not a lot of people will get a chance to see. So if anything, just, just probably those three festivals. So if people want to watch it, where do they go? Right this second, um, tomorrow, it debuts on the Troma Now streaming app, which um, I encourage people to check out. But 
the truth is that uh, I would love for all the bonus features and stuff, I would love for you to go to our website, which is thenoodles.com. You can download it off of there, and you don't just get the movie. It's The Noodles, T-H-E-N-U-D-E-L-S.com, thenoodles.com. You get the background information. You get, um, you get bonus features. You get uh, deleted scenes, extended scenes. You also have interviews with the cast and crew. Um, you have a uh, commentary track uh, from myself. And um, anyway, so and it's fantastic. So literally, you, you watch the feature, then you see the bonus features, and then you see the interviews with the cast and crew, and you can download it and watch it forever. So thenoodles.com, and uh, that is a great way to go. We also had... Um, screenings in Pasadena. So we had two sold out screenings for it, which was great. Um, I do want to mention uh, Josie Konsky, who did a, uh, a nudist movie years ago and didn't get the kind of attention that he wanted out of it. He's approached me about doing some future nude comedy projects together. We're talking about doing nude stand-up comedy uh, tapings. We're talking about doing um, uh, another movie. We were talking about doing a, uh, oh, a sitcom. Uh, I have a, a great idea for a nudist sitcom called uh, Diamonds in the Buff. And the family is called the Diamonds. And then uh, there's an exchange program where one of their nude family members goes to the textile world and uh, a textile girl comes to the, uh, to, the, to the Diamonds to live there. And at the end of every episode, there's like um, a what have they learned, kind of like an old school 80s sitcom where there's a lesson about something related to um, nudism in society. And so it's called Diamonds in the Buff. And I, I figure I can shoot it at a soundstage where I have all the location. Think of like Elf. You know what I mean? Like, like it's an old, or Golden girls like it's a sitcom sitcom where there's these sets and they are oh, the regular sets and you bring in different i can have guest stars from the world of nudism that show up each episode uh, so that's exciting and um i'm just excited about the future man there, there's so much good stuff on the horizon and and folks have re reacted positively to what i'm putting out there um not everybody not everybody gets it but i don't care i didn't make it for everybody i made it for the people that uh you know that that get it want to get it have an open mind and i think it's going to age well i think as i continue to make nudist content we'll always be able to look back at that first one and for all its bumps and bruises you know there was something that i was trying to make out of it you know so that will be all for this episode of the naturist living show thank you as always for listening again my name is stefan deschain i'm your host for this podcast and the owner of baroque's family naturist park and i make the show with a lot of help from samantha graham who you heard from at the beginning of the show and because she makes the task so much easier by producing the show and doing the time-consuming editing. And so that's why, as she asked you, please support us on Patreon. Please support her on Patreon because I don't get any of the movie. All the movie goes towards supporting her because she has to pay for her life. And this is uh, something she does as a job, even though she spends a lot of time volunteering as well. So go to patreon.com slash show, all one word. You can find a link to all things we talked about in the show notes on the website at naturistlivingshow.com. And please keep sending your comments and suggestions. We, we really appreciate getting them. We read them all. We don't always have time to respond to them all. The show's email address is contact at naturistlivingshow.com. I hope you enjoyed the show and that you'll join us again for the next episode of The Naturist Living Show. This episode of The Naturist Living Show was brought to you by Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park. 
traditional naturist values in a modern setting. Traditional values means that naturism is more than just taking your clothes off. It is a life philosophy with physical, psychological, environmental, social and moral benefits. Bear Oaks Family Naturist Park strives to promote those naturist values in a modern setting that provides the amenities and services that our members and visitors expect. Free your body, free your mind. Learn more at www.bearoaks.ca. got their wallets out. They're giving Travis money. Come on, Ben. You better come too, Mr. Fisher. Mm-hmm. This way out to the yard? No, no, to the left. That's it. What's hurry, huh? Uh, this door, Sergeant. Right here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Travis. Travis. Hello, Mr. Fisher. I'd like to talk to you. Yeah? Uh, these men here are from the police department. They want to ask you some questions. Can we go inside? Yeah, sure. Come on. Oh. What's the matter, Mr. Fisher? I haven't done anything. Oh, you'll see. Come on. What is it? What's it all about? Uh, Sergeant, it'll be a lot easier if we have the truth now, son. Did you just sell those boys out there some dirty books? No, I... I mean, it's only a gag. They're, they're, they're funny books. Have you got any more of them on you? Yes, sir. Can we see them, please? I didn't steal them. Only books. Funny books. Here. Thanks. Almost a dozen. Mm-hmm. You think these are funny books, do you, Travis? Well, some of them. I guess not. It's only a gag, Sergeant. Where'd you get them? I didn't steal them. I bought them off a guy. Who? Why, I can't tell you. Do you have any more of these books? No, sir. Will you show us your locker? I can't remember the combination. It's a new locker. Could you open the locker for us, Mr. Fisher? Uh, yes, but I'll have to get the maintenance man. All right, I'll show you. Come on. Down here, sir. This one. 412. I've only got a couple. All right, we'll see. Come on, open it. I haven't done anything. Here's a sample, Joe. Locker's loaded down with them. Rotten felt. You can't arrest me. I don't sell the books, only rent them. Somebody's been briefing you. Who? You're only making it hard on yourself, boy. You can't prove anything. These are my books. I don't sell them. Where do you get them? Who sold them to you? Nobody. I got them, that's all. All right. We'll have to talk to your folks. We... You can't. They're away. 
No, you can't. Don't. Afraid we'll have to, son. Oh, please. Please don't tell him. Please don't let him know. I'll do anything. All right. Let's have the truth, then. Who are you selling the books for? Name's Barney. That's all I know. I meet him at a cigar store downtown, 5th and Harrison. Does he sell you the books? He gives them to me. I sell them and then give him the money. I get 10 cents for every one I sell. How much do you sell them for? 25 cents. Some are a dollar. I get 30 cents for those. And the boys in this school have been paying that kind of money for this, Phil? Yes, sir. This man who gives you these books, you know where he lives? No, sir. I have any idea. When are you going to see him? Well, this is Wednesday. I, I was going to meet him downtown this afternoon. At the cigar store? Yes, sir. But I don't want to get Barney in trouble. He's been okay to me. Sure. He's done a lot for you. Mm-hmm. 